And now, the Broad Street Boys, with Kevin, Matt, and Chris. Alright, back for week two. Uh, preseason's over. Matt, we had a first good return to the podcasting world. Just you and I kind of rocking that first episode. We got Kevin back, our, our resident Giants fan. Huh? Yeah! Needed a little diversity on the podcast. So, <laughs> threw Kevin in there for some Giants. Boys, boys. Take. What's going on, buddy? Ugh. Nothing much. Missed the first week, but you guys probably got all of your Eagles love out of the way. So, we're, uh, we're chilling. What, you're That's telling a- me you didn't listen to our podcast? I did not listen to it last week. Oh, my God. That's horrible. That <laughs> has, is it horrible. Always, has it always gone the way that even when there was four preseason games, there's always a week off before the NFL season starts? Uh, no, 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 no. It used to be the last games were the Thursday before, and then the following Thursday was the kickoff game. Okay. Yeah, because now I, I like this because now we get college football kickoff this weekend. We no, get all of that it. week one on its own. No worry about preseason. Um, we're down wow. to 53 man rosters. Uh, Matt, you and I talked last week a little bit about the Eagles. Um, any final thoughts that you just kind of want to add on seeing I that just, great, that great game against the Dolphins first team? Like, uh, well, everything that I hoped that the Eagles would do with the 53 man rosters just did not pan out. Jalen Rager is still an Eagle. Um, you know, the, the, the wide receivers that I really enjoyed watching in the preseason have been cut or released. Um, you know, we did make an upgrade at safety, uh, signing uh, Chauncey. But, that was um, a trade. Yeah, it was yeah, a it was trade. A, yeah, great addition. You said signing. It's okay. Though. You had to give something up. We're going to sign him. We're going to sign him. He's going to be here for a while. But anyways, <clears throat> I'm super excited about having him. He seems like he has the energy of Philadelphia. Um, I was watching a lot of videos of him just like hyping up the defense on the Saints, and I think he's going to be a really great addition to the team. Um, but other than that, there really was no shocks that I was, you know, I kind of knew we were going to keep Rager just because of the cap hit if we caught him. Um, and no team in the NFL in their right mind wants someone like him. So he's going to be an Eagle for another year, and then we'll cut him. So. Yeah, I mean, that's what I had. The last preseason game was godly awful. It was so bad. Um, I turned it off after the first quarter because we were just getting blown to shreds. Yeah. I have nothing to say on that. I, I, I hate the I hate the preseason. I really do. I, I, I watched the opening drive. I think the only thing – I watched one drive of the preseason total, and that was the really? opening one, I believe, against Tennessee when they drove down and just – was it Tennessee or the Jets? I don't know which one. It was the Jets. Yeah, it was the Jets. Yeah. Tennessee. God, you're a real Eagles fan, Bob. That's whatever. <laughs> Were they <laughs> playing week two? Just remind me of the Eagles preseason. The Browns. Okay. Uh, yeah, they won that game, right? I think so. Yes, they did. And then we all know what happened against the Dolphins. Um, Kevin, how do you feel about the preseason that you saw against with the Giants? Uh, some of it was same old giants. A lot of it was a little bit of a cause for optimism. You look at the new regime led by Brian Dable, head coach, uh, Joe Shane, the GM. So, I mean, you're looking at a little bit of turnover. It's no longer judge and Gettleman, which means the world to giants fans, I think as a whole. Um, so just seeing new faces and not Dave Gettleman building the team, like for instance, one big upgrade that was made this offseason, 
Giants got Tyrod Taylor, not Mike Glennon at backup quarterback. We saw what Glennon could do last year. It lose a lot of games and have a long neck. Uh, help, so, help the Eagles. Tyrod it's not Taylor, like, yeah. Yeah. Tyrod's not a bad backup. That's not a bad point. Hey, as a, as a Giants fan, does it make you just like hate Gettleman a little bit more or throw up in your mouth a little bit the fact that Joe Judge left and now like basically doesn't have a title in New England? I, I get that's uh, a Belichick thing to do and I get kind of that whole thing, but the fact that they couldn't even give him a concrete title and he was running the team for, was it one or two years? Uh, he was the, the head coach for two years. That first year, we almost made the playoffs, but the Eagles threw it away. Oh, <laughs> no. this took, what, five um, minutes to get to that? Um, it's still Stuff a little bit of a sore spot, even though we would have gotten stomped <laughs> in the first game. But um, you then look at what the uh, judge in New England, I think it's funny. You know, Chris, you and I are in the Boston and Boston area, respectively. And it's funny to hear a lot of Patriots fans and they're like, oh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, who's going to call plays? Is it going to be the defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, or the special teams guy, Joe Judge? You guys really have your offense all figured out this year. And it's kind of just being that way. It's kind of like a laugh. I mean, nothing but the best for Joe Judge. He's a a hard-nosed head coach. You know, seems like some players liked him, some players didn't. I don't know if they just said that for PR reasons and kind of what you have to say is players speak. But then you look to... Judge back in New England makes a lot of sense. Patricia has been there for the last year, I believe, since he was fired with Detroit in, a, in an advisory role. Um, it all comes back to the, the point that, you know, New England, you know, I've, I have a couple $50 bets around my office, whether or not they're going to make the playoffs straight <laughs> they're, up. They're not. They're not. What side are you on, Kevin? I'm on not making the playoffs. Oh, I think a lot of us are. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of us so, are. Matt, a couple have... of those guys can't swallow their pride. And I could be on the winning end of a couple $50 bets here. Those are my two points. I was going to say on to be back off that number one, you and I both being in Pat's territory slash listening to sports radio slash also working with Pat's fans as a majority. Mm -hmm. Have you run into many that are like denying there's a massive issue in New England in terms of football? Like I have not not heard of many many people denying there's a massive issue. There's not many realists like Nick McCarthy. Yeah. Who will be like, Yeah. Uh, the offenses look terrible. You listen to Zolak and <laughs> Felga. What's, what's the other guy? Zolak and Bertrand. Bertrand, yep. Mass. It's um, they're in full panic mode. I had it on the other day in the in the background when I was working, and it was just like these guys. They don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, yeah. you. There was a a clown show. I was watching it last Friday night when they were playing the Raiders. Mac threw a terrible pick. Um. You know, that's not to say that, you know, oh, it's all the scheme. McDaniels is gone. But I, I don't know. You might see a little bit of regression from Mac this year. And I can see we've already strayed away from the Giants talk, which we could bring that back to the here's the perfect tie all together. Giants in the past played preseason week one. I watched the first couple of drives of that game. Giants looked like themselves. Kenny Galladay dropped a slant on the one yard line, drove down the field. Saquon looked good. I think that was pretty much his only pre- action of the preseason. I uh, looked good, was uh, looked quick, looked, looked a little bit more electrifying, which uh, can hopefully return him to his 2018 self when he was, I believe, rookie of the year. I'm pretty sure he was. Um, the Giants looked good 
and then they stalled out in the red zone, which has been a theme ever since they've started losing a lot of games. So basically since 2011, stalling out in the red zone, bad penalties. Um, offensive line has looked much better, though, which how is much, finally. How much uh, value do you win. take? How much value do you take in these preseason games? Well, just curious. it was um, I just like to see some some movement. Yeah, with uh, with the ones, I think we were playing a matchup up against the Patriots twos that game. We were. Um, so it's not like it was ones v ones. But in the preseason, you just want to see those guys kind of tear up the opposing defenses, especially if they're going against the twos. So yeah. implement some of that vanilla scheme that they put in for those preseason games. And I put a little bit of stock in it. I like to see the explosiveness from Saquon, some flashes from David Sills who made the Giants 53-man roster, little sleeper mm-hmm. guy. He's been, uh, had a couple good camps in a row, and he finally made the 53 this year. A little foreshadow to later in the show. But, um, yeah, I put a little bit of stock. Not a lot, but new regime, new, new play call, new scheme, different motions, different <coughs> uh, jet sweeps. You, mixing that kind of thing in there, is, it's important to see after as a vanilla of offense as you can get with Jason Garrett the last two years. Yeah. I mean, do you approve of most NFL coaches not playing their starters after the first game? That's a good debate. Because I, I don't. I think it's bullshit. I <laughs> so, would agree with you on that. You know, in the old structure, we had week one, nobody really played, right? Maybe a series if your coach was a hardo, right? Yeah. Week two, people would play maybe a quarter, right? couple yep. series here or there, pretty much across the board. Week three, starters would play pretty much the first like half. Like that first half, yeah. Yeah. And then week four would be nobody plays. Yeah, you no. Know, it's played. to all those guys that are clawing for the final roster spots. It doesn't seem like we found a new model that most of the league will follow thus far with this new three-game preseason schedule, which is now completed year two. Mm-hmm. So I think there needs to be some kind of a – unwritten rule per se i think maybe in the first game you play one or two series maybe in the second game you play the first quarter and maybe in the third game you just hang it up yep that's what the giants did the other day they just hung it up uh the jets played their guys even though you know zach wilson's still out but uh they had flacco out there with the ones <laughs> and uh um, flacco flacco's the man kicking. he is the man and uh what was that from madden 12 15? That was going to be my argument. You could, I can make an argument that the Pats are the worst team in the AFC East this year. But no, I don't think you can make that argument. <laughs> I, I think I the could. Jets still the Jets are uh, guilty until proven innocent in that in that respect. <laughs> That's fair. They have a better team this year, but I mean, you know, I, I want to see it. I want to see them actually play football. It seems like they always kind of have a better roster, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> we're looking good this year. Could be good. Could be a good season." And you just kind of left flat and screwed when you, pre- when you go back to it. Speaking of preseason teams have never, I've watched them um, through first two episodes of hard knocks have never been mm. more confident. The Eagles are going to get their doors blown off. <laughs> like just absolutely killed. I've texted Kevin during that. Every time I've watched it, but like, we are going to get destroyed. You didn't watch uh, episode three. I have not watched three yet. I have one. not. Uh, four comes out tonight at ten, I believe. All right, so just I gotta about get around to three now. Yeah, the um, coach, the coach is he is something. Like whenever I, I hear any awesome. of awesome, <laughs> well, whenever whenever I hear any of his speeches, it just makes me want to run through, run through a wall for him. All right, so not to man Campbell. 
Excuse me, I didn't get that in Touch on that two things. Yes, am I confident we're going to get destroyed? No, that's actually a joke. Is there a chance we lose? Probably. However, Aiden Hutchinson is the real deal. When you see him in practice and what he's doing, like what they're showcasing him, Hutchinson is the real deal. And he wasn't Michigan. But the dude just looks good. You also have to remember that Hard Knocks, they're going to be picking the best of the best. They're not going to be showing all the crappy plays and everything like that. Like they're, they're trying to get good views and they're trying to, you know, make fans excited for the team. They're not going to be out there showing Aiden Hutchinson just, you know, sucking. I mean, he is a rookie. I'm sure he's having his flaws. Like he's not going to be, he's not going to come out being this, you know, top five guy, but you never know. But I, I do think that there is a little bit of, um, you know, directorship happening there. Let's keep in mind. I think it was five, six years ago at this point. The I'm not fucking going seven and nine. <laughs> was, was that Ram. on Hard Knocks? We're on Hard Knocks. <laughs> and they went seven, And they eight went eight. like four I and twelve. I thought it was eight and eight. Was they it? went four and twelve. <laughs> no, he needed to get to eight and eight. He was like, I'm not fucking going seven and nine. <laughs> seven and nine. I'm not going seven and nine. <laughs> and so that team even looked good on Hard Knocks. I think that was Jared Goff's rookie year. Actually, no, I think his rookie year was the year after. I don't know. A little bit of confusion. But it was they had just moved to L.A. and they were on hard knocks. So, um, yeah, it's no. So Jared Goff was there because Jared Goff got drafted the year they moved to L.A. But oh, so that was Carson Wentz's year, too. That was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Wentz and Goff were the same year. They made him look good. They made the Rams seem like they were going to win. I feel like they do that every year. They made the Cowboys last year look like they were going to win. It's uh, they also made Mike McCarthy kind of look like a fool. But so that, I guess that was accurate. Um, <laughs> that guy was a clown. I was watching last night. The, a job. I was watching the best hard knocks moments and some of them have just been ridiculous. Oh, did we lose Kevin? I don't think we did. No, I'm going to go get a drink of water. Yeah, oh, there. water, water. Yeah. Um, um, all yeah. right. So so that covers the preseason. Matt, what do you want to add? Did you want to wrap add a bow onto that? No, I think that's, you know, now you just kind of sit and wait. I mean, you know, the initial 53 man roster comes out, you know, we just saw that today, but I mean, this team that we see on the Eagles and even on the giants, it's not going to be the same come game day. Um, you know, Howie Roseman, he's going to be sitting there at the phones. He's trying to make this team better, man. And if he can find someone to take, to, to take Rager, He's going to find him and he's going to trade because I guarantee that he wants one of those wide receivers that he cut Devin Allen, uh, you know, Kane. Um, and then even the, even the wide receiver that they cut um, trying to think of the name. Um, let's see. Was uh, that the Dean guy that you Dean Kane or Kane Dean? Or no, whatever? I was just talking about him, but uh Finding the name right now. Well, why are Covey. we so concerned about wide receiver? Look at the wide receivers that we have on the roster. So we've got five on the 53 man. You got AJ Brown, Devonna Smith, who are going to be ridiculous next to each other. Oh, yeah. Uh, Watkins, which it all by all accounts has had a fantastic preseason quiz. Pascal, who you and I got to know back and forth about this. I like him. I do too. He's he is your guy who's going to get 600 yards, not with this team, but if you played him every year and he was like you know your number two number three guy he's going to get 600 yards not this year he's going to be a red zone threat he's not going to be anything other than that i'm putting this down right now if on the first defensive drive for the eagles this year if they 
on the first punt that they defend. If they put Rager back to receive that punt on the first one, I'm not watching another ounce of football this year. <laughs> You're not going to do that because you know that's going to happen. They're going to do that. They're absolutely. <laughs> also, why do we always all, all of a sudden get like incredibly thin at tight end? Like, who the heck is Jack Stoll or Grant Call? Jack Stoll's been on the team for quite. He's been on the year team for. Who the past are like they two years. though? I don't know. Who they are. You know, they're your run of the mill bottom tier tight ends. But I mean, they're good blockers. You're not using them to do anything other than block. You know, your Here's offense, your offense is Goddard. That's fine. Find me an offensive line in the league that's going to defend against this front group for the Eagles. Graham, Sweat, Fletcher Cox, Hargrave, Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, TJ Edwards. Find me somebody that's going to defend. I don't know. Man. Nobody. It's, it's sack good. records coming. That's uh, insane. Front well, side. I'm not going to say sack records because honestly, the past three or two years, we've been saying sack records and then everyone gets injured and then our defensive lines washed. I'm not going to go so far to say like we're going to be the best defensive line in the NFL. I do think we're a top 10. I just want to see, you know, the older guys stay healthy. If the older guys stay healthy and produce, I think they're going to be very good. Um, but, you know, you also have these young guys that are getting better and better every game. So, you know, let's hope let's hope Jordan Davis can get in shape and play more than two snaps at a time. Um, you know, we're going to need him after Fletcher Cox calls it quits after the next couple of years. Fletcher so. Cox might call it quits after like week two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kevin has sat there and watched enough Eagles games with me. That guy gets injured every other play. <laughs> he's been in the league forever, too. I mean, he's going to be going on 12, 13 years. What was he drafted? 2012? Yeah, all right, 10 years. Let's see. It seems like he's been around for so long. I mean, it's just kind of crazy how long he's been around. Yeah, and for someone that big, it's hard to be in the league that long. I mean, he's a big man. Um, mm-hmm. But and yeah, as I, dominant as he's, as he's been on, yeah. on the whole. Yeah, I mean, the last two years, I mean, he actually came out today saying that he feels as healthy and as, like, dominant as, as he's ever felt in the Who league. Who did? Fletcher Cox? Fletcher Cox. Of course he did. So, Everybody I mean, said that week one. That clown. <laughs> it's not even week one yet. <laughs> but um, uh, the, the wide receiver I was thinking of, Chris, was uh, Britton Covey. He was supposed to be, like, our return guy. He was going to be punt return, kick return, but, you know, they caught him because they didn't have a spot for him. Um, so... I, it's either going to be Kez Watkins returning punts or it's going to be Jalen Rager. So I, mean, I, I hope, I hope it's the, 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 you know, I hope it's Kez Watkins. I hate this. I love the, so bleeding green nation is a 53 bed roster. And then they included some of like the, whoever wrote the article, the reporter's thoughts in the bottom. Second bullet point, the Eagles never added that bigger back that some have been calling for. We'll see if they had one via trade or waivers before week one for five bucks. Who's who do they mention is still out there as a free agent in terms oh. of a bigger back. Jordan Howard. Yep. For five bucks. Kev wins that one. <laughs> that team cannot stop bringing back Jordan Howard. When's he's Jordan been Nelly's good though. Whenever, back. whenever he play, whenever Jordan Harris plays for the Eagles, he does really well. Who was the understand. wide receiver they kept doing that with? Jordan Matthews. Jordan Matthews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, but ever since uh, Carson Wentz left, they never brought Jordan Matthews back. So. <laughs> yeah, it must have been Wentz's guy, huh? He was Wentz's guy. You know, they had their little uh, suit and suit and handshake celebration that they used to do there's somebody i'm telling you i that we can we're going to get into it a lot next week in terms of schedule predictions division predictions whatever just predictions in general um and because next week's obviously the tuesday before the season starts 
there's not a team in the NFC East that scares me. No, there's it's going to be a massive disappointment if the Eagles don't win the division. It's it's going to be in preseason huge... looking at the rosters. There's a massive issue if they don't win the division. Looking at the rosters, looking at the strength of schedule. I mean, like the Eagles have it good this season. The entire no NFC reason. East is the bottom four in strength of schedule. If you want to yeah. look at it that way. Yeah, exactly. Well, because it's because we're all playing each other. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, um, we all play each other six times. So when you put almost a third of the schedule in your division that stinks, it's going to be a little bit tough to have a harder strength of schedule. It's like an instant so, 500 record. Basically, if, if we're all beating up on each other, like everybody <laughs> makes it out with a 500 record. Well, that's three games. And then you just got to win. Used to be five more. Yeah, Over probably it's five, season, five or six, maybe. You can't go 500 anymore. So, no. Wow. Wow. We need to have a debate about that. Is that worth it? What? That's going to be kind of sad. See, that's going to be kind of sad. It. That's going to be kind of sad seeing no teams that have a 500 record. It's either going to be your above 500 or below 500. That was well, last, year, last year, though. Year too, I man. know, but I mean, you never realize these things until you do. <laughs> you never know what you had until it's <laughs> Wisher's way of knowing you're in the good old days. <laughs> uh, like I never realized it until just now that there's no other. There's never going to be a 500 record again. There is not. Um, tough, tough time. <laughs> All right, what should we talk about next? I Mr. think we Monitor? take. So I think next week we got we've got the predictions coming up. We've got schedule predictions. Um, we'll figure out between now and then before we switch gears now into talking something else, uh, we'll figure out now and then what we want to do is schedule a game picking contest this year. I think we should come up with something, whether we, we don't have to pick everything, but we should choose one or two um, because we haven't been sponsored yet. Um, we've got three minutes left in this zoom call. So we're going to end this one. Um, and then we'll jump back on and we'll touch on Matt's poll question of the week uh, is golf, the hardest sport. Um, so we'll grab that back after a break. And now, the Broad Street Boys with Kevin, Matt, and Chris. All right, back on a new Zoom call now. Um, so, Matt and I talked about every week doing um, a poll question on Instagram kind of give us a little bit of a debate topic, uh, get some feedback from everybody else listening, or at least following along on both Matt, uh, Kevin and I's and our obviously show Instagram account. Uh, Matt, give us this week's question. So uh, this week's question um, I sent to uh, the boys and we came up with, is there a sport harder to play than golf? Um, you know, I kind of wanted to throw this one out there. I wanted to see what everyone was thinking. Um, kind of the idea around these things is to get, you know, our listeners more involved with what we're doing as a show, um, get you guys excited to listen each week and just see how we're going to respond to your guys' responses. And, you know, maybe even once every once in a while, we'll have some listeners on and we can talk about these questions that, you know, we're going to be posing each week. Each, oh, wow. Each week. Um, so let's go to the phones, Matt. <laughs> let's go to the phones boys no so the question like i said is is there a sport harder to play than golf we had 70 percent of the responses saying yes there is a sport harder to play than golf 30 percent saying no and guys i sent you guys the responses and some of them are very funny i do agree with some of them um some of them i just don't agree with at all like someone said badminton come on <laughs> badminton <laughs> 
Can I just say one thing? The question, I agree with the way the poll ended up based off how the question was phrased. That's fair. There's a difference, I believe, between is golf the hardest sport to play and is golf the hardest sport to be good at at a professional level or to be good at a, at a consistent level. The second question, that answer is yeah, no. I think golf's the hardest there. Is there a harder sport to play than golf? Yes. See, I think having played a good handful of sports in my life, I've never been more challenged than playing golf. Like, it is such a hard sport. I mean, I've been playing that for almost seven years now, and I'm just breaking, like, 90. Like, that's a lot. And 90 is still horrible. You're looking at guys on PGA Tour that are, you know, they're freaking shooting 69, 68, 67. Like, when I played high school baseball, like, there were times where you would be going against pitchers that are throwing 85, 90 miles an hour, and you're seeing that in the MLB. They're maybe not as, you know, not as much movement on pitches, but, you know, it's still possible. It's people were playing baseball for three, four years playing at the varsity team that I was playing with, and they were still getting hits off guys that were throwing 85, 90 miles an hour. Um, you know, it just takes practice, but golf, you put in the work and it's not going to show <laughs> like it really won't. We all know that we all play golf. It doesn't show. <laughs> no. It takes great amounts of practice to become able to be consistent within golf. And to I get what you're saying golf. there. I mean, I not I, even I, to I, enjoy I, golf though. That's not, see, that's not fair. Cause I shoot one. 15, 120, and I have a blast. Play. No, you don't. There's times where we play and you're dead silent, bro. <laughs> There's days where you get mad. <laughs> but this is, I mean, that's not, that's fair. That's fair. Really, like, if you're having the time of your life, like, you're having a good round. But if you're not, you're having a really bad you round. Know, you know what the only argument here on this, I'm looking through the list of responses. The only one I agree with here is. Whoever Instagram account is gene spliced. I don't know who that is. Matt, you may have insight into that. Their comment was food eating contests. And I kind of agree with that. <laughs> yeah. It might not be a sport, but I kind of understand that. Like water polo is something. Golf isn't a sport. All of those people that respond to that, you can feel free not to listen. It's okay. Um <laughs> But we do really appreciate everyone who responded and oh listened. Will <laughs> Fuller gaming? No. Stop. Carson Lennon responds with anything. They, they can go <laughs> jump. I, no. Nope. Is fishing a sport? Ooh, I love. Yes. Bassmaster? Yes. All right, come on. You cannot. Fishing, you throw a freaking bobby thing into the water and wait for it to bob in the water and then you pull it back to quote in robin williams golf all you do is take a tire iron and hit a plastic ball or whatever it's made out of these days we don't know what they're made out of they should juice golf balls fishing is absolutely <laughs> a, fishing fishing is a sport fishing is not a sport fishing is a sport Dude, how many times no. have you sat there and watched the Bassmaster classic on saturday morning it's fantastic <laughs> you actually it's, sit there and watch professional fishing if it's like really if i'm really it's bored. all luck yeah. man professional fishing is all luck when i stripe one into the trees and it bounces back into the fairway <laughs> that's luck too <laughs> okay no, but getting back to the golf part here I, I i think it's one of the hardest sports out there no question baseball's got to be hard hitting a 95 yep. mile an hour it is hard uh ball coming down the, right down the middle 
What other nominees can we throw up there? Legit? Boxing. I, I, okay. So I, I, I talked to a friend about this after I put the poll out. Um, most actual polls say that boxing is the hardest sport. Um, physical demand, um, being able to take a physical beating and like but, hop back up and still fight. Um, Chris, I want to see you get out there and box someone. <laughs> my point is, this is where the poll lacked that one last qualifier of like, what are we talking about? Hardest sport? What are we? What, what does play define? I think play means play and enjoy and like have a good time doing it and like being somewhat good at it. That's what I define as play. I'm more like with Chris. Anyone, so if I go out. Okay, so all right, so basketball. If I go Chris, out and play, pause real quick. Yep. Is that Fenway behind you? Yeah, it's Sarah. You're a Yankees fan. <laughs> it's not just my apartment. Oh, by okay. the way, she's all fired up too about how gymnastics is more difficult than golf, and that's just not true. <laughs> that's just not. <laughs> I true. mean, they do. I, there's a point to be made there because the core strength is insane. Um, the core strength to kill Gumbrewski's on the course yeah. is the same. Insanely core strength. I mean, you got the 12-ounce curls. I mean, you have that there. Yeah. But but imagine playing 18 holes of golf, 95-degree weather, walking. Like, that's hard. That is hard, no matter if you're in shape or not. Having Did you 12- see the pools of sweat on those guys? at Yeah, Tour and they do that every single day. That is what they do every day. And they're still sweating their asses off and, you know, having to get through it. Like, that's is, there's something to say about that. Is it more difficult than NASCAR? <laughs> well, NASCAR, NASCAR is sport. NASCAR is hard though. The, the amount of upper body strength that those guys have, like, what are you talking kind of, about? They don't have powered steering, so they're steering that entire thing, and for like 500 laps, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty cool. All right, so golf for sure. I mean, if you're looking at golf as a whole, it's a tougher sport. It's definitely one of the toughest that people like the everyday man can do or a woman, right? After a long time, I think a lot of these people saw play golf as just going to the driving range and hitting balls around. But I mean, like playing on a course, actually having the skill to be able to complete 18 holes and like have a good time doing it. That's what I mean by play. Um, Yeah, I'm more with I I get what you're saying with having a good time. It's pretty easy to have a good time. Oh, yeah. But if you're just going bad shot after bad shot after bad shot, you lose your temper pretty quick. Yeah. I had a bad round probably about three, four weeks ago at this point. It was not fun at all. I just played this past weekend at Granite Links, one of the nicest courses right around us here in the Boston area. And best experience I've had golfing in a long time. Um, It was, of course, you shot a 150. (laughs) No, I shot a 95. um, uh, Tough conditions, but all the amenities were there. Great course, great conditions. It was a genuinely a good time. So let's go to the let's go to the saying. crowd. Is is the bad round in question you're talking about three or four weeks ago? The one that you completely left me out to dry on nine in a match? Uh, no, 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 no. That I played crosswinds down in Plymouth, and gotcha. I I probably shot over a probably like a one ten. Oh God! <laughs> For you, that's brutal. <laughs> For me, I'm doing cartwheels to shoot a one ten. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, the round before that, I had a 42 up near Jamal's house in. Uh, oh, in we the did. Area, yep, you so. did. Yeah, I shot a 52. <laughs> no, actually, I thought I think I shot a 62. <laughs> Who knows, man? 
But generally, uh, this isn't the Kevin's golf tour here. Or talk about tour. Um, but yeah, what as a rap, one of the hardest sports to play as the common man or woman. Um, I get where people could have a little bit of difference of opinion. I get there's different arguments for different things. So, so what I get from this is that next week I need to be very uh, direct in and clear in my poll question. How many points yeah, do you think you could score in an NBA game? Zero. I'm but awful. If I full pra- NBA game. Okay, full so full NBA game. Five here's the five. thing. If I practiced I'm undefeated, never lost. For if I practiced for a full year, you know, like you know, an hour a day after work. No, you're going in right basketball. now. Going in right Give now. Me I bet over you- under right now. Over and under, I would say I would get lucky and score three points. I would go three and a half would be my over under, and I'd go over on that. I might go under just because I'm awful at basketball, but um, <laughs> yeah, I feel so you can next- get lucky. <laughs> I want to read some more of these responses. Frisbee golf, no, that's not a sport. Um, <laughs> walking, that's not a sport either. Competitive diving, there's an argument to be made there. Yeah, the technique that has to go into There's that. There's an argument you know, to be made. Maybe there. if you double that up and say synchronized competitive diving. Bingo. Oh, synchronized. That's 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 hard. The only baseball comment I'll take off this is the one that says try hitting a ball fairly. I could get on base in baseball not hard. What do yeah, you just, just, eat, just eat the four, ball? Just four eat the balls. Ball. Yeah. <laughs> four <laughs> balls or just eat, lean into it. <laughs> All right, um, right. Yeah, but, I mean, okay, hitting the ball fair. You could bunt it. That's hitting the ball fair. Ice hockey does not deserve to be on there. Mm, Our grading's kind of hard. Friend of the program, Jamal Spear, had a blast playing ice hockey and quite possibly was the worst ice hockey player I have ever seen. He was a threat to everybody else in the ice. He's one of the biggest hockey guys I've ever seen for a guy who uh, <laughs> can't really play the sport. Like, not. you know, you get he all those guys that somebody. played hockey growing up and they were so into it and like Rowing, they still love no. it. Rowing is not on that list. Uh, there, the thing, rowing is just conditioning. That's all it is. That's and the all. conditioning is hard. Not if you do it for four months. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Get the same argument can be made if you walk 18 holes for four months, Matt. Those people have been doing it for all their, all their lives, dude. And they were still sweating their asses off and, you know, getting affected by the heat. I think golf being the toughest sport is there sport. There is not, there is many sports harder to play than golf. Golf might be the toughest to actually be good at because it's such a consistency. And it's, and it's a mind. It's if you're really good at getting over like things in your mind, then you're going to be somewhat good at golf, even off the bat. If you're able to just wash a hole away, but it's Here such it is, a, though. it's such a mind game. Golf is it such boils a mind down game. to this with golf. If you play pretty frequently every day, some of the best people at golf right now are the 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids who don't have anything to do during the summer and get to play every day where they're a member. And at a mommy course, and daddy are paying their country, country club, club membership. Yes. Yeah. They're a member at a country club. They're a member at a local course where they can play every day. 36 holes, 36, 36, 18, nine, 27, whatever they want every day consistently. And those are the best people because they play the most. It, golf is a repetition game. It, it is just, it is what it is. And, you know, I think we can uh, put a bow on it and say, you know, people differ a bit, but I think the three of us kind of lean towards golf because that's kind of the sport that we dabble in most. So um, I almost wanted to 
cut the zoom when Kevin gave us a rundown of the nine times tables. <laughs> you could play 18, 36, 9, 27, <laughs> 45 of you. <laughs> it was just so well done and transitioned in there. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, so w- what do we have next? Um, I this know actually oh, PJ and Liv. Yeah. yeah, this this transitions perfectly into that. What do you guys think about Liv and what's going on? I mean, you know, half of the half of the best guys in the PGA are now gone. They're playing for Liv. So what do you guys think about that? What was the news today? Harold Farner was uh, going Cam over Smith. to Farner. I'm not upset about because he came out and fully said he was doing it for the money. Yeah. Honestly, um, I respect people who just say I wanted the money. Yep. I like the people that are like, oh, the live tour is better because of this, this, this. Like, yeah, shut up. Like, you're fine. Like, I definitely don't think it's a better product. I, I'm not. I, what do you guys feel? Apologize if you talked about this last week, but what do you feel about the teams thing? I'm not too big of a I don't fan. Yet, I don't like understand um, any of it, and it doesn't help. They don't have a TV deal. And it's also the fact that the teams aren't even like I have a gripe with the team, the teams thing. If you just did try them out there every day and was like, yeah, um, I get OK, do three rounds, make it a fan friendly experience. I like that part. It's actually coming to Boston here this weekend. Um, thought about going for a bit uh, beginning of last month just to kind of see what it was like. But, um, you know, not going to be able to go. But. I think it's uh, I think it's interesting fan experience. They're trying to make it a little bit more of like a lighthearted game golf. They think trying to play on the PGA, taking it too seriously, right? Yeah, so, I think I think there's a concert. I think there's literally like a there's concert. Three. I think there's at, three at live this weekend. I think there's day. one each day. Yeah, I think there's one, there's one each day. Here's my thing. Live is live. I think the mass. It's gonna. I'm gonna be so interested to see what they do about the Masters. Whether they're going to be allowed to play. Because I think that's where golf holds still. And you want to say PGA. I know it's not PGA who has oversees the Masters. But that's where that tour is going to, the decision is going to be. Because that's such a prestigious event. My other issue is, call it what you want. Live golf. Like you said, anybody that goes over there and admits they went for the money, great. Anybody who tries to, you know, say otherwise, whatever. The PGA just came out and did the exact same thing Liv did. Not the exact, but ninety percent of the way they had to. I think they absolutely I, had to, but but it makes everybody that you know went on and on for the last two months about how live was this terrible thing, and you're only doing it for the money and money, greedy, greedy, greedy. It's like suddenly, oh no, the PGA Tour is doing the same thing. The PGA Tour is doing the same format. Most of people's fault with it is that it's Saudi money, and that it's the oil money, and that it's the dirty money. So that's. That's where people like have the most issue with it um, in terms of it being that way and that it's backed by that. And that, you know, if you take a look at a lot of the live players, a lot of them aren't that good. No, they really for the live. The PGA still has its core intact. And it was great to see these cast of characters, whether it be Patrick Reed, Dustin Johnson is definitely their best golfer. So like that was a big loss for the PGA. Phil's old but he's still a fun character to have on the, the PGA tour on your screen on a Sunday. Is Bubba it's like, is Bubba if he, made, the... if he makes it to Sunday? <laughs> yeah. There's no shot. Yeah. Well, it's no so cut. Bubba... It's no cut. Isn't it? No cut. 
No, I think Matt meant just like what I was referencing with like the PGA and seeing those guys all. Oh, in one I see league. what you're saying. Okay, I thought you were talking about. Um, but yeah, Bubba had signed with Live, but he is hurt, so I don't think he has competed on Live yet. Um, so it's like you, you get those cast of characters. The PGA still has its young core intact: Scheffler, Shoffley, Cantley. Um, you know, name name anymore: Zalatoris, uh, Homa. Homa is not that good. He's just a meme with Barstool. Homa tied um, for fifth in the FedEx. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's decent. I, I you know, McElroy, obviously, I, I skipped that one. Um, he, it was just an impressive, they have the, an impressive lineup of the young guys who are the future of golf. Liv seems like it's a little bit of a rinky dink operation. Um, and yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's uh, that's what it boils down to. I still love the PGA's product way more and maybe because I'm used to it and I'm a tradition guy and I I like the, you know, to see the same thing year after year. Um, I'm not going to lie. I have lost uh, have watched a couple of the live tournaments. But when you look at the PGA product, I still prefer it uh, I think, you could, I think you could prefer it, and I think you could watch live at the same time. I, I, I don't see, like, of course. I don't think anybody has to. I don't think you have to choose. I just, I also think the Saudi thing, not to, like, piggyback off half those takes that have happened before about live, but, like, the Saudi money issue is because it's in your face. If you look at the amount of everything else that's taking money from the Saudis or have business in Saudi Arabia, it's corporations that everybody uses on a day-to-day basis it's not like people are suddenly on this moral high ground about not taking saudi arabian money yeah i mean our, our uh, one of our top trade partners as a country in general is saudi, arabia. saudi arabia so yeah so um you know that largely comes from the oil trade so in seeing that i mean it, there i just don't think the pga had to take such a hard stance on it i think yeah. they could have had them play both tours and they could have timed it out where like oh live has a couple events this week this weekend in boston the pga has no event like could make it more compelling for like year-round golf so think about it golf from now until about january is a complete dead zone it's like a a couple like i think rory's playing in like a like a pro-am with his dad or something that's like apparently significant over in the UK or something like aside from the president's cup, which is in a couple of weeks. And aren't they out of that too? Aren't live live guys out of that? I am unsure. I know. um, My biggest, I'm pretty sure they're out of the Ryder cup, Chris. My biggest thing with live and all of this is that, you know, when I watch golf, I just want to see, the best compete against each other. Like that's, that's all I want is for the best to compete against each other. And, you know, you have live coming through and like, I would have loved if the PGA and live were on the same page and they could have somehow made it, you know, best of this tour and best of this tour, go head to head for major jackpot or something like that. Something we need to see. That would be really cool. I bet you it happens. I'm not sure on the timeline. I bet you it happens. I just want, I just, I wouldn't care what, tour people go play for if that were be the case where they could be on the same page and they could build off each other and make each tour better and grow the game of golf but right now it's just like you know people are picking sides and it's just like this is you know ultimately bad for the game of golf because people are like oh screw live like you know saudis are taking over doing is this live making any money how do they make their money 
Uh, t- but, like ticket sales aside, like I I literally think Live makes its money from oil. <laughs> I think, <laughs> but I think it is. You can't make. There's no TV deal because it's all on YouTube still, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, it's all on YouTube. Which we that that all is an aside. That product is awful to watch on YouTube. That is like it's like watching if you if you watched on YouTube golf. The, the shots of golf are great, and they actually show a lot more than PGA Tour does. Not sure there's commercials, which is great. The leaderboard is like the scoreboard during the Nickelodeon wildcard Yes, game. that's what I was thinking, <laughs> yes, man. it's like the scoreboard during the Nickel. It's like <laughs> you expect to see, like, Dustin Johnson's name just get slimed at some point, <laughs> like when watching live golf. Yeah, I mean, there's um, a certain... You know, like I'm saying, it's like a kind of rinky-dink league about it still. And I think that's something that, to Matt's point, they could make a compliment. Use this dead time within golf from now till about Christmas. I know they don't want to really compete with the NFL, but hey, some people will flip over to golf on a, on a Sunday afternoon and mm. watch that. But if you're doing the live format, you can go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which all of their tournaments have been so far, I believe. And when YouTube TV takes over the streaming world by introducing Mosaic Mode and allowing me to watch four channels at once on my TV, <laughs> I'll watch the live golf at the same time. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's uh, it's definitely a product that is different. And different is good for the game of golf because it's forcing the PGA to make some different turns and to keep some of their best players. And I think it's slowly wearing on people. I mean, you look at Varner. He turned down a contract a couple months ago, and now he got a bigger contract, I assume, and now he's over with Liv. I mean, slowly, I think they'll start to pick away, and then there's going to need to be some kind of merge between the two leagues. Like, how do you see this ending? But don't they they kick – aren't they only allowed a limited number of people? Don't just people, like, get kicked out? I'm not sure. I don't I'm pretty know sure lives only like that was the whole point. It was only like 50 people. Yeah, I have no clue. I mean, I get I know they like to, you know, do the shotgun start and have everybody on the course at the same time playing the same conditions. That's part of the novelty of it. But um, I don't know if they'd end up kicking people out with that format. And your point talking about the young guys like these young guys right now are PGA tour because they're young and they're like, you know, we're on the biggest stage, but when they're big and they're, you know, they're, they should deserve bigger money. Like who's to say that they're not just going to take it. Like, that's the, like, it's just like, it's so like heartbreaking. Cause like you grow up and like, you know, like thankfully Rory McIlroy and, you know, Tiger are still in the PGA because you grow up watching these guys and you're like, these are my favorite golfers. Yeah. But let's not put them up on a pedestal. How much money are they getting? But they're making their money different places. So is DeShambo. DeShambo is making his money different places. Like DeShambo's making money on Liv. No, I'm saying even before that, he was making money off sponsors and everything like that. That's where they make the majority of their money. So it's not like they're they're probably comfortable with not having to go to live because they're making so much money other places. But I'm just like, you know, these young guys are going to, they're going to be people's like golf idols for people who are 12, 13, 14 years old. And then they get to our age and then lives going to offer them $400 million. And there they go. Go on. 
They'll do it exactly. Can't, it'll can't watch it, them on NBC anymore. It'll happen exactly. <laughs> so he, here's the two things that'll happen. Number one, they're going to do exactly. And, and this is on a timeline of, you know, as early as like spring next year. And number one, they're going to do what Kevin does and they're going to stop getting all ticked. Kevin said, and they're going to stop getting all ticked off at each other and one-upping each other. And they're going to merge to where it's a complimentary schedule. You can play both. This is best for the game of golf. Let's figure this out. Number two, what's going to happen, and this is on a longer-term basis if they don't come to a merge, Saudi Arabia, whoever's funding this, might just get bored. No. If, if they don't get a TV deal and not get anything, they might just get bored and stop funding this. And then they'll go play in somebody else's sandbox. Who knows? NBA. All the NBA players. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just think it's so dirty. and I don't know. But we I have, do want to focus on the positive stuff. Rory McIlroy, I don't know if you guys saw his stats from this season. I'm going to read them off to you. It was an unbelievable season by him. Um, let me pull them up. It was. I hate the FedEx Cup format, by the way. All right, here's Rory's PGA season. You know, for the past couple of years, we thought that he was probably done because he wasn't doing anything. He was shanking his balls into the woods. He was hitting the balls into the water, doing everything like that. He won the CGA Cup. He then won the Canadian Open. Um, he saved Greg Norman from going to live. <laughs> he kept him in the PGA. He won the Tour Championship. He had 10 Isn't top Greg 10s. Norman running the live? I don't think so. I think he's... No, Greg Norman is running live. Where? What are oh. you reading this from? Oh, I said savage live. So I was assuming savage as in like savage from a shipwreck or something. That's but... salvaged. Okay. Yeah. Oh I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Um, we could almost end it on that now. <laughs> um, he had All 10 right, top 10 for tonight in 16 starts this season. He had 10 top tens. Um, he was in top eight for all four of the majors, and then he won $27 million. Um, and then he was the first golfer since Tiger Woods, I think, in 2011 to average less than a 68 shot for the entire season. I... That's just, I mean, that's just an, that's an amazing season. And like, yeah. And it was historic. He did well. He came close in a couple majors. He was around on Sunday at the Masters. He was around at the Open Championships as as well. Um, when you just when you look at it, I just think it was Scotty's to lose on Sunday, and he lost yeah. it. Yeah. So, I mean, Chris commented on the format for that last event at East Lake in the Torch Championship which I think there's something to be said for being ahead and being the best golfer all year, but also at the same time getting a two stroke lead on the field, maybe just make it one. It's, or... it's, it's such a weird thing. I don't know what the answer is, Kevin, but like, it's such a weird thing to be like, Oh, suddenly he shows up and he's minus two. That's like, if you said like the team with the best record at the NFL end of the NFL season got eight, seven point lead. So here you go. So 30 make it to East Lake, right? Um, at the end of the season, you can group it into five. Five started six. The top five started six under the next five, five under yada, 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 all the way to even par. That's fine by me. Um, just kind of levels the playing field a little bit. Doesn't make it so hard for something that happened on Sunday with a six shot lead being erased and eventually overcome by McElroy. You could do something like that. Um, that would fix the tour championship. Uh, Rory 
deserved it. First three-time FedEx Cup champion now with uh, with the PGA. So um, it almost made sense, and I think the PGA probably really liked it that you know both of the faces of their tour with uh, McElroy and Scheffler dueling it out on on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It um, and even with Rory being that much more the face than Scotty winning, I think they liked that outcome at the end of the day. So um, it was good that Rory could win and also win the whole cup for the whole season. Yeah. Um, so definitely a good product for the PGA. Good end of the end of the season. I was uh, on the edge of my couch all of uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, it was it was amazing coming back, you know, triple bogey the first hole of the tournament. And then everyone's like, oh, Rory's done. And he just fought, man. He just came clawing his way back. Because what, he started out six under? Is that what? Six back, he started yeah. started four under. Yeah. He, he started out four under. Of Scotty at 10 under. That's insane. And he came up and won the cup. I mean, as much as you hate, as like, as much as you hate the format, Chris, like, it's so cool to see guys who do start out, you know, not at 10 under and still able to win the cup because of how good they played. It's like the age know, old, my argument there is the age old, I hate it, but I don't have a solution for it. <laughs> so I'm good with what's in place. I, I just don't like it. I, I think it's weird, but I, I don't have anything better. And I agree. You should get rewarded for being good all season. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. Congrats to Rory on winning the PGA. If you're um, listening, Rory, congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> Rory. Rory's one of the Congrats, people man. that were listening. Um, we, we were hoping one of those people that listened to the last episode was you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, all in all, you know, it, it was a great season and lived through a little bit of a wrinkle in the season. Um, but it was a fun wrinkle. And, you know, the Liv's going to keep going here the next couple of weeks. They think they still have a couple events left on their calendar for the year. We'll see how that goes and how that materializes along with the President's Cup. And that'll kind of wrap up golf in 2022. And to put a bow on that, no one cares about golf the second uh, next Thursday comes around. That's true. Because it's football season. It's true. Um, um, so excited. But yeah, Chris, take us, uh, take us home. Perfect. Speaking of next week, uh, let's we're going to hit some schedule predictions. We're going to run down the schedule. Um, obviously, Matt and I will run both the Eagles schedule. Kev, you can pick the Giants games. Um, Wait, does that mean you two have to come to a consensus before next week's episode? That episode could be three hours long if you make us come to a consensus. No, so I mean come to a consensus before and bring your picks. I do it offline and then come to the I'm down for that because I don't want I don't want to do a three hour episode. (laughs) It might devolve into that. Uh, Kevin's going to do the Giants. Um, Spoiler alert, that'll probably be 0-17. Um... (laughs) Just, yeah, I had, that I teed that one up so great. I lost my train of thought. Uh, we'll touch I, on. We'll figure out. I don't know if we want to do like one game a week that we pick. That's like a d- definite lock. Do we want to do one just like? Or, we'll or figure like, that out. I, I don't mind picking all the games. It doesn't take that long. No, I kind of um, love picking all the games. So I, I'd be down to continue doing that this year in a continuation of what we've been doing. Looking forward to talking Giants Eagles. Maybe uh, give a season long prediction. Who you think the Super Bowl yeah. might be? Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking us as a podcast, it'd be great if we all made like a podcast playoff picture, if we could all come to the, yeah. you know, argue about each team and whatever and just try to see what 
you know, what's going to happen. All right. So it seems like we've come up for the agenda for next week's show. It's going to be some Giants and Eagles schedule predictions for the first half. And then we'll kind of go into the broader scheme of the NFL, come up with a playoff picture, bring, bring it down to the Final Four and the conference championships, and then the Super Bowl, and then eventually the champion. So um, those picks will obviously all be correct. Uh, <laughs> oh, like, for sure. Uh, the, like all the pundits uh, make those out to be. But uh, looking forward to next week, guys. Sweet. I'll dig back and see what I can find from la- a couple years when last time we did the full season predictions to see if I can come up with some percentages of how we hit. Oh, um, boy. That <laughs> sounds right. like some research. Yeah, it does sound like some research. Um, all right. Sounds good. We'll talk to you guys next week. Same time. Um, obviously, uh, hit us up on the Instagram. Um, and we'll talk to you then.